welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It's time for a ball, a festival ball. The Queens brought three colorful festival-inspired looks as fan favorite gets wrongly knocked out of the competition. Or maybe I'm just projecting. It's time to talk all things Drag Race Brazil. And here with me to party is Party Girl and Lee Fisher. How are you? Doing great. Um, Welcome to the show and welcome back. And guess what? Um, Drag News of the Week, Canada's Drag Race 4 has dropped the cast. Are you excited? Did you get a chance to look at the Queens? I haven't. I'm overdosing on drag. I think I barely got it Italy with, with my brain. Welcome to my world. I don't know how I do it. But yeah, um, I'm excited because as I've mentioned a couple times in the podcast already, we have a lot of fun diversity. We have the oldest queen ever on the cast. We have a um, trans man and a trans woman. Um, it's it's good. It's good. And this is what America should be doing. RuPaul, get your act together. Let's do this in the States. Wow, I gotta check that out. Yeah, I'm excited. Friends, you'll get your preview podcast eventually. I have to find time to do it. Anyway, pronunciations, I apologize. I will get better and try as hard as I can, but I'm only on a 53 or 56 day. I don't know. I'm on a, a Duolingo streak learning Portuguese. I'm almost getting better. Um, don't ask me to say things because that's the part I can't do. I can visually read and and know words saying them as Pietro Parker told me on the podcast already I'm failing miserably so we'll get there we'll get there eventually by the time the season ends right no by the time we get Drag Race Brazil season 38 there you go that's the goal point all right as always I must leave a disclaimer this is an entertainment podcast we are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us reality production we are showing the editing of a television show wants to see we react to what is presented yes the real thing the government to go on television show the craft but they've also put themselves in the position to discuss what's said in the podcast for entertainment to discuss reality and show all right episode eight we're almost to the end how are you feeling about drag race brazil i love the way they speak i can't get over the fun of brazilian portuguese yeah, it's a very also, fun, fun accent and a very fun cadence in the language. Yes, and just the culture and the drag is fun. Oh, of course, of course. Are you enjoying Grad Queen? Because I'm going to say it. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised. She's a fantastic host. I'm going to say favorite host outside of the U.S., Oh, Nikki, I hope you're not listening. Oh, um, okay. Listen, I think she's giving Miss Doll a run for her money. Um, and she's giving Miss uh, Deluxe a run for her money, too. And I think what it is, is when you care about your contestants and you care about your culture being presented well, you're going to put your A game out there. She's also humble and having fun, it seems to me. Yes. Um, I mean, there are moments, uh, we'll, we'll hear a little bit about this episode, where if you do not agree with her, her ego will get the best of you, her, and she'll be like, bah, bitch. Um, just saying, just saying, maybe something to check in future seasons. But hey, Rue has earned the right to say, if you don't listen to me, you leave this show. Uh, Greg, not quite yet, but overall, I think she's doing an excellent, excellent job. Makes sense. It might also come for her 
ride for Brazilian drag, you of know? Of course. Let's dive into this. Dallas has left the building. Shinon will read her mirror message with the least enthusiasm and the applause after even less enthusiasm. As Naza says, someone has to go. Bet she wishes she didn't say those words after this episode. Oh, this was personal. Organza is continuing the bad look tour as she says in confessional, good riddance and someone needs to coast so they have a narrative arc. Listen, um, I'm allowed to say that, not a contestant. Uh, let's do some PR work for you, all-stars run Organza. Let's make you feisty but kind. She's kind of a villain sometimes. It's crazy, and I know it's because she knows she's that fucking bitch, but we got to check ourselves at the times because other people in the room think they're that bitch and sometimes they're doing a little bit better. Uh, so let's let's be let's be careful because I think Organza is one of the most brilliant drag artists on this cast, but I'm not loving the attitude at times. Very self-aware. Also, I just gotta say, Naza is born for the cameras. Like as they are saying goodbye to Dallas, she finds the barrel of the camera and blows a kiss. She knows how to make that thing work for her. She is always front and center of that camera. And I think is aware of how she's coming across. Absolutely. Naz is trying not to freak out as she sees the girls are happy that Dallas left because she knows with her gone, she's next on her hit list. They are the top six. She knows it's still there and still she's so stoked, but no more drag for the night for her. Now, there's going to be a discussion about Naza and a straight wig on her head as it might have been a reveal had she needed it. She tells Naza that you can wait for anything but get nothing. Um, I guess that's the Brazilian and I was ready to lip sync, ain't it? True. Well, what's next for Drag Race Brazil? Well, Helena says that only they have fierce drag queens left in the competition, so it's going to be even more difficult. And Chanel thinks it will be trend alert. Black hair reveal. Naza is tired of the shade, but Shannon says the shade was her in the bottom. Okay, another one with an ego, but listen, I, I get it. I understand. It's I enjoy Shannon's yeah, ego. I, I think she's fun. It's time for pussies versus bitches, or as Argonza says, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Ain't that the truth? Roll <laughs> All right, it's a new day. Miranda has her first pin, and she is living. She's in the top, obviously. She says a pin does the body good, but now only Bacina doesn't know what that feels like. Poor girl, them's the breaks. It must be hard going through a season and realize, well, I'm not that good if I don't have a pin yet. They're they're in good company, though. Some Some very talented mm-hmm. queens never got their win. Do you think, with all the international seasons, it's time for the American franchise to give out pins if they win things? Yeah, it's it's also a very cheap way of giving them a win. It really is. Um, well, it's now or never, as everyone has one. Get Giselle her pin. Her nipples are cold. She believes her risks will be rewarded or potentially punished. But the sign blares, it's time for the day, and Garag's message gives them hints at something that is more popular in their country than dating apps, where they come together and celebrate. Time to put their Brazilian culture to the test, and they all know, based on the things that they brought with them in their suitcase, the ball is upon them. But first, Greg arrives because it is party time, and she's giving them baby pink suit realness. Um, Nikki, we're going to talk to you a lot this episode. You're about to be toppled in the out-of-drag look department. I love this. It needs to be a competition for real. It really should be. Honestly, I mean, if I put in my story, Nikki will see it. So we'll see. We'll see who's better. For this week's mini challenge, it's time to get editorial. They have five minutes to get into their quick tourist drag vacationing in Brazil. 
Um, I love being a tourist. Are you a fan of being a tourist? Absolutely. If I can be a professional tourist, I would. How do I make that happen? Writing, blogging. Okay, I'm gonna float something because you're one of my besties. If I try to go get my real uh, my um, uh, uh, travel agent license, do you think that'd be a good thing for me? Travel agent. Oh, the well, hesitation, the hesitation. Well, that just was a surprise because you have to put together the package, not necessarily enjoy it yourself. Well, mostly it's going to be Disney related, so. There you go. I see what you mean. That's what I would do. All right. Now that she has a badge, Miranda is like over the five minute quick drag bullshit. Call them out. Uh, she feels it deserves a declaration of repudiation. Uh, good luck on that one. You're never getting rid of quick drag on drag race. Yeah. The Queen's race. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to save time and money. The Queen's race to get their face on. And in the process, they will mock Naza as they joke about not shaving. I'm sorry, but am I missing something? Is her five o'clock shadow that prevalent? Like, is it that bad? No, I think they're just ready for her to leave. Yeah, it's so mean, though. She's a baby. Don't be mean to my baby. Uncalled for. The set is set. And I swear, all of those fake plants were leftovers from the Mexico and Brazil promo shoots. I mean, come on. What else are you going to do with the jungles of South America and Central America if Germany ain't home to any of those plants? What are you going to do with them? Use it for a photo shoot. Absolutely. The backdrop is, quote, Aguadouche Falls. Obviously, that's not what it actually is in Portuguese, but essentially, we should have paid attention to the captions to know what was about to happen. First up is Organza, giving a celebrity print jacket and trying to be all rich. She will reveal into a green bikini as she poses with a bit crew, and it's all great. But Greg will do some acting as she will tell the crew that there is some interference with the microphone and that Organza needs to take it off. So now with nothing electronic on her body, Greg will say Shuka, which is, I guess, douche in Portuguese. And it's time to release the crack and by crack and the fucking bucket of water that is dropping from the sky. I got to say, I was gagged. This was hilarious. Total nightmare. Organza was not expecting it. And the way that Greg laughed, she had such a good laugh. Organza will still pose, and I give her credit, but then when Greg was like, Shuka and more waterfalls, well, that was just cruel and unusual punishment. Um, the things that they will do for a crown. Yes, and Greg is having way too much fun. It was uh, it was very, very mean. Um, dare I say schadenfreude? I think that's what it is. Now, are we to assume that the crew had to reset and dry the entire set between each queen? Like, this must have been the longest photo shoot. But I guess if they were doing a solo day for filming a ball, they had a lot of wiggle room. Well, we didn't see. Maybe we were standing on a sponge or something. Maybe. So you're saying this queen should have fucking knew what was about to happen? None of them were thinking about the gag. They were all surprised. No. It seemed to me. Next, we have Miranda wearing nothing but choices. She says it's rich old lady who is in domestic tourism. Now, I feel like whoever this lady is would have been like a perfect um, character of an SNL sketch. Now, Miranda is serving camp, and when the shuka comes, the water is dumped, and Miranda is not having it. She takes off her drowned wig, slaps the pit crew with it. She will flash the bird to Greg, who is just loving this more than she should. And Miranda tells us it tastes like a bottom. And then Shuka again, the wig falls flat over her shoulders. 
What a trooper. But as Miranda says, revenge is a dish best served in drag. She was, she was good. I enjoyed her. She was pissed for real, I think. She really was. Um, Nas is here giving us pop girly pink and that street blonde hair. She used a ride app to get there and is taking a camping backpack as her prop. She will show Cooch. And then while in the arms of the boys is Shuka time, the water rains on her and she is drenched. And even worse is she did not wear um, any panties, just terrible, terrible tights. Uh, she really got into it, but I feel like um, she's probably used to it, if you know what I mean. Wow. Read her. She's a bottom. Look at her. Come on. The way she just spread those legs, she you know it. It was a surprise, Shuka, though. Yeah. Helena has arrived, and her ensemble includes a fur coat. Fatal flaw, my dear. Fatal flaw. She looks great and is trying to give us the Narcissa voice and coast like Dallas and Naza. And I'm like, karma. The karma gods are like, are you ready for it? We will get some great photos. And down comes a Shuka. And she is like a delicate flower who does not like water. Oof. Shannon Scarlet is here with her RuPaul wig. And now I don't know if she has seen what has happened or if she's a tourist who is always prepared, but she brought an umbrella with her. Also, she's kind of serving Honey Davenport and like Honey, she's always ready for a shuka. Um, but Greg will tease her with a microphone issue and have her continue without it. The shuka comes and so does that water. The way that water destroyed that wig, hope she doesn't need it for the rest of the season. She will get sexy, but when that second water drop happens, it's going to scalp her completely. Brutal. And finally, Vachina is here, and she is always ready with her own camera. Uh, apparently, which doesn't work because Greg couldn't get a photo out of it. Anyway, she is a stunning dress and a hat, which is very lucky. She will admire the boys and play the part of tourists in the wild, admiring the boys, and then Fancy Lady will experience the shuka of it all. The water is so pressured that the hat is off, and she's wearing white, so that cold douche bears all. Oh, poor girl. They probably had to ice this water. That's not, not cool at all. No, it, it was probably not happy. I mean, with no water left in the studio, probably can't even use the toilet. It's time to find out who won the challenge. They're all wrapped up in robes and sandals. The winner of the photo shoot is Shannon and her scalped head. Do you agree? It was a funny moment, so I, I buy it. Yeah, I'm here for it. For this week's Maxi Challenge, we have a ball. They have to serve three looks, bringing their Brazilian roots, and it's time for a Maracutu Maracatu Parinchins Festival and Bachaboles. Category is Brazilian Festival Ball. Now, I got to say, this is what I want and expect from the international franchises. This is a celebration of culture that proves why this show is so important and why drag is so important to these queens. Now, before we get any further, I want to teach and, and explain a little bit about our three festivals. Now, did you do any Google searching like I did? Not at all. That's okay. I'm here for you. I got you. Um, and you. I, as a, I'll preface this. I probably don't have every information bit that I have here correct. Um, so we're going to go with what I have and, and, and hope for the best. So we're going to start with Maracatu Festival, which is a celebration of Afro-Brazilian culture in the northeastern part of Brazil. It is a celebration of shining colors, rhythm, and dance, and much of the history revolved around the 17th and 18th centuries when plantation owners allowed slaves to elect a royal court and parade around during the holidays while dressed in costumes evocative of European royal courts. 
Accompanying the royal court would be a procession of instruments comprised of drums, shakers, and bells. And obviously, since the, that time, it has evolved and the costumes have gotten more grander and more colorful, as we will see. Padanshin's festival celebrates the local legend of the resurrected ox or bull, where competing teams try to recant the best retelling of the legend through flamboyant dancing, singing, and parade flutes. And finally, Bashabol is, is the carnival of clowns that occurs during Rio's festival. Um, now, of course, this is a quick and dirty research, and I am positive there's much more I'm leaving out. So I would love to hear from our Brazilian friends. Tell me more, teach us more, because this is cool. This was a really, really cool ball to have on the first season. Absolutely, and so rich in their culture. Absolutely. Have you ever been to Brazil? I know you've traveled. No. Um, the closest I got was meeting Brazilians around the world in like Miami and, and such. That's cool. That's cool. Now joining on the runway is Bruna Lingemeyer and the girls are gagged. Also two Brunas, one room. That's a lot. That's a lot. Must be a common name. It must be. Now, out of their sauna realness, we are jumping straight ahead to Elimination Day because we have, what, three looks each to get to. The girls enter, well-rested, excited to take on the events, and even Shinona's already looking like a parade float. Organza tells us that the ball themes are very important to their culture, while Shinona says that sometimes they're forgotten because Brazilian people take them for granted, with Organza following up with Brazilian people praising foreign things instead. Miranda says that they are festivals on the streets for those who don't have access and need a VIP area to celebrate. And Pacina reminds them, in addition to celebrating their culture, they have to serve fashion on the runway, which I think was going to be the really cool and interesting part about this challenge is because you can look at the traditional costumes you have for each of these festivals, but they're not necessarily drag. So finding the, the collaboration between traditional and drag was going to be the challenge. Definitely. I tried to imagine these going down the street. Yeah, they were they're, they're pretty fun. Naz will ask if they still do Bashabole as it scared her. So Organza says that her relationship with Bashabole is very intimate and emotional because she was in a Bashabole posse with her old older brother who has passed. She tells us that when he was born, he was destined to die as he suffered from a chronic condition, but he never gave up living his dream. She shares that her last memory of him is from Carnival before he died a few days later. She's going to show the girls a picture of him when he was nine and wants to honor him on the runway. She says that she spent 10 years of her life spending birthdays together. And when he died, it was the first year that they didn't celebrate them together and tells the girls that they had a very different life. But at the time of the year, they really bonded. She says that her brother and her family always believed that she was an artist and she even was a child and they always encouraged her and she will be with him tonight on the runway. This was a sad story to hear, but I'm glad to see the vulnerability coming out of Organza, especially just discussing how she's kind of been um, a little mean at times. Yeah, and it's cool that this was so personal and brought to the um, brought to the main stage. Shannon says it's important that they talk about Bolshevoli because it is a marginalized art as it is an art from the ghetto. She says art and the ghetto are complementary things as it is a way that the ghetto can manifest glamour and greatness. She continues to tell us that the Bashiboli are grouped characters in carnivals that always bring a theme. And I can't wait to see them slay on the runway. Bring the culture to the people. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm putting you on the spot when I'm going to ask you this question. Let's say RuPaul said we're going to have a festival ball for Drag Race U.S., 
what are the three festivals or events that are going to be represented? Well, Mardi Gras is a classic festival in the U.S. Yes. So I think that one's colorful and full of potential. Now, other street festivals like that, it's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Because you don't necessarily want to just pick a holiday. Like when when else? Would like you say Macy's pride? Day, would Macy's you, Day Parade. Right, would you give Pride? Pride? Because <laughs> you imagine all the queens coming pride out and... with balloons. Oh my God, that's the funniest thing ever. Wait, I want to see a drag queen look like a um, Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon. I think this is genius. RuPaul, if you're listening, there it is. Um, have you ever attended the Macy Day Thanksgiving Parade in New York City? Only watched it on TV. I actually worked it a couple years. Um, I was a PA and I got to be um, part of the um, costume department. So I helped all the fucking clowns get into their costume. And by clowns, it's really the employees of Macy's who get to walk the parade every year. Um, And one of my fondest memories is we're not in the main building. um, We were at a building a couple blocks down. And with that... That's not where the celebrities go, but there was one certain celebrity who came in there. And you have to remember that these are average people there for an event. They're not used to seeing celebrities like you and I are. Well, that celebrity was Richard Simmons. And you know, Uh, Richard Simmons is going to make a scene. mm -hmm. It was pure chaos because people wouldn't do what they needed to do because they had to get on the bus, get onto the parade route. No, they were focused on Richard Simmons, who was in the wrong place at the very wrong time. (laughs) That's his brand, right? It really is. It really is. All right. Get your festival gear on as it's time for the runway. Greg is dripping in crystals as she is coming out as a chandelier. And dear friend of the podcast, Vicky DeVille, is like, bitch stole my look. <laughs> Our panel includes Duda Bortolini, Bruna Braga, and extra special guest Bruna Lingemeyer. She was so pretty. Mm-hmm. Very, very pretty lady. We've got three looks to discuss, so let's get the party started. We're going to go through each category and discuss the look. Are you ready? I'm ready. Category is Maracuta, Maracatu. In honor of the runway, we're going to play Maracatu or Maracadont. I stretched okay. it. It's really a stretch. I really pulled my back out to in that one. <laughs> All right. But she in a Polaroid. She launches pant. And that is what is known as the warrior. Um, I think this was wild and androgynous as the body is just MIA. I love the rainbow effect and how the colors just play so well off of one another. Now the flowers in the mouth are and the doomed head pieces are domed head pieces are a big part of the looks and she has captured it well. I think this is really fun and evocative and a great way to kick off this ball. Agree. There's a silhouette, there's movement, and I love the colors. It was very, very pretty. It was like dripping in pride. Yes. Doo has one word for her. Success. Actually, two. And substance. Bruna Lynchmeyer says it was amazing. I'm going to give this a maracatu. Maracatu. Audience, 89% maracatu, 11% maracadont. Organza. Okay, now listen, this is a brilliant way to showcase the festival and fashion all in one. The tinsel here 
actually works because it's playing amongst the glitter blazer, which is just sublime. Like I would wear that to the glam awards. I love how fashionable and sexy this is. I think the pink blue stockings work for this look and should probably never be seen on the runway again, but overall very impressed. That is amazing. Everything shouldn't work, but it really does. Yeah. Um, have you ever worn a tinsel wig? No. Listen, if anyone has worn a tinsel wig, you know, if it falls on your face at all, it's stuck. It's not moving. And that shit is staying on your face. Mm, good thing she didn't have to lip nothing. sync. Yeah, nothing is worse than watching a tinsel wig. Just that one strand just stick on the forehead. It's so bad. Mm. Dudu says her confidence and attitude and the way she belongs in every look are what makes everything unforgettable. Bruno Braga says if one day she walks down the runway wearing just a dish rag with psalms embroidered to it, she'd still consider it chic and elegant. And I think Organza's like, try my bitch. Greg says mystery, flawlessness, history. They are all the detail that turn her into royalty. I will give her a Maraca 2. Maraca 2. Audience Monica 2, 88%, 12%, Monica don't. Helena Maljita. She's giving me rainbow bright realness. Now, I don't know if that's a, a international reference, but it's definitely an American reference. I think going with a yellow tinsel wig here was quite safe, but I like the styling of it. The colors are present and the fashion is there. If you put a regular wig on her head, though, this could have been a generic look and would have lost the spirit of the category for me. But it's a good and polished look, but doesn't push the boundaries quite enough comparatively to the other girls. I see what you mean. Um, like, she's not taking a risk here, but it's good. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'll go Marika too. Maybe too pretty, um, but I, I also say Marika too. Audience, 82% Medica Tooth, 18% Medica Don't. You're right. I think she's afraid to not be pretty. When we have seen many a queen have that fear on Drag Race before. But so gorgeous. So I understand. It's true. All right, Miranda LeBrow. This bitch has no care in the world if she looks and acts a fool. And that is the epitome of drag. I think that helmet is just that. It is fringe placed upon a helmet. Her makeup is very interesting, especially that white lip. Um, you can say what you want what she was doing beforehand i think what sets this look apart is her use of wed white blue yellow and green to honor the brazilian flag the disco pants are a choice and i don't quite love that flair because it doesn't add enough impact especially with that purple being a bit out of the color story she already set forth it's good it's just not my favorite of the category i'd say some of these textures don't really work together yeah especially like that the um the thing she's holding because it looks very very cheaply made and same with the top underneath everything but yeah not yeah. fully coming together for me dude says he sees cohesion consistency and fierceness and he says whenever she is on stage his eye goes to her i'm going to go very very soft marica too i don't really get it i'm just gonna marica don't this one Ooh, the audience 81 percent marica too 19 percent marica jones Next up is Shannon Scarlett. Now, this is fun. I think she has so much fringe that the movement really gives this outfit life. She is the least clothed, so she is relying on the body to sell it. And I wonder 
comparatively does it feel a tad underdressed and, and incomplete. That being said, the jacket and pants are a complete serve. She's doing the least when it comes to the tinsel hair, and I would have loved something even grander, but this was still good. Again, I would wear that top and bottom if I had the body for it. Um, I agree with you. I think she could have gone a little farther or thought more about the silhouette. Would you wear that top and bottom? Different accessorize your style, I think, a little differently. Would you wear it to go to the post office? To the car wash, definitely. Definitely the car wash. Dude says he doesn't love the first and second look as much as he loves the third. I will give it a Monica 2. Monica 2. Audience. 71% Monica 2, 29% Monica don't. And finally, this category, NASA. Okay. This reminds me of We Sing in Sillyville and the character Silly Wim. If you are around my age from America, you know the reference. If you have no idea, I urge you go Google search it and then come back to me and then I maybe we'll do an entire podcast about it. Anyway. I think this is so beautiful. It's hand embroidered. The thing is that while the others really went deep into the cultural aspects of the festival, she decided to play it into the realm of drag race. And I think that sadly was her fatal flaw for this challenge. They wanted a bit more authenticity. I love the hair. I really do think a lighter shade is a stronger color choice than black. It's a cute look. And Naza is the embodiment of cute. It's definitely cute. Um, but maybe, yeah, it could have been more the theme or the the prompt. Bruna Braca says she doesn't love her looks that much. Bruna Lynchmeyer says and doesn't she doesn't love the looks either and agrees, but makes a provocation, weirdness. She says people will look and half of them will criticize, but the rest will like. She says that's what she misses, something weird and something unique. Greg says that the expectations are high. It's all her fault as she raised them. She says that she bets this challenge is meaningful to her, but she her looks are unfortunately not that great despite serving her magic. I will actually give her a Monica too. I would agree, Monica too. Audience, 69% Monica too, 31% Monica don't. All right, friends, moving on to category is Paranshin's Festival. In honor of the runway, we will play To Bull or Not To Bull. I love that. I know. I stretched again. Yeah, I tried. The other option was ox on, ox off. That's also good. (laughs) I know. Thank you. All right, friends, if you have time and you still can vote and nominate for Glam Awards, nominate me for Best Podcast and also nominate me for Best Writer Blogger. Because look, I write every fucking episode I do here. So just saying, just saying. (laughs) Bettina Polaroid. I think she has brought so many different cultures into this look as it feels like it has roots in Brazil and also has roots in Spain and also kind of the American West. I think this is a very plain and simple, but quite impressive. She used that beautiful bull mask to tease her face, which has shades of a bull with the eye makeup, especially the red cat suit and the feathers being monochromatic didn't allow her to have much depth or contrast, which I wish it had a bit more like this could have been in Elton John's closet and I would have been, yeah, I, I believe that it's serviceable for sure. She um, has surprised me so far with how much I've liked her looks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bruno Linsmeyer says the look made her, Oh, as it was all red. I'll give it a soft two bowl. 
Tubal. Audience, 88% Tubal, 12% not Tubal. Organza. It's the arts and crafts version of the category. I love the color story of white and red. I just don't love that it doesn't have the polish we're used to from Organza. The thigh-high knit socks are a choice for sure. I think perhaps I missed some references for her reasoning for the specific styling here. I just didn't love it. I like the negative space in it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, it could be more polished. I will go not to bowl. I'm going to to bowl it, though. Audience agrees with you. 67% to bowl, 33% not to bowl. Helena Maljita. Where's the body? Well, I guess she's showing versatility with a new silhouette. Um, this reminded me of Wanda if she was a bull. Like that headpiece is Scarlet Witch realness. I think going to the fringe moment here made her think she would be separating herself from the herd in the previous category, but it's just not as flattering of a look. Once again, monochromatic didn't allow the pieces to shine. It's still high fashion, and that's what we do expect from her. There are so many good elements, but yeah, I think there should have been an accent color to highlight the detail. Right. And we're going to learn in a couple seconds um, that what other accent colors she could have used here to really make it work. Bruno Braga says she's never been more envious of a horny girl like tonight. Bruno Lingemeyer says she felt she was a little unsure with her look, which she says is odd because the outfit was very luscious. I will go soft to bowl. To bowl. Audience, 81% Tubal, 19% not Tubal. Miranda Labrau, uh, the garment is on the simply safe side, but the story is that incredible wire face mask in the shape of an ox head. I'm obsessed. I think going with a big frizzy black wig in this situation was smart as it allowed the beautiful work of art to shine. But then when we got to the garment again, it's not serving as strong as I wish. I want it to be elegant. Elevated with stones or glitter or something. Now, the reference to the heart and the star are the two teams that compete during the festival. The white bull with the red heart and the black bull with the blue star. I like that she is referring to the festival, but I think they did get a little lost in the color behind it. This is all being saved by that headpiece, which is really one of my absolute favorite elements of the entire ball tonight. It's interesting because it's not a bad concept, but again, sort of the textures or colors or fabrics aren't quite right. Yeah, because I know she said like the 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 bodysuit is kind of like supposed to be the streamers, but it's just not reading that way. Yeah, I still will give it a two bowl. I'm gonna say not two bowl on this one. Audience. Very much liked it. 93% to bull, 7% not to bull. Wow. I know, right? Shannon Scarlet. I love this look so much. This is what the celebration of this festival that I wanted. I think giving both the black and blue and red and white reference in a cat suit with the bullhorns was brilliant. She's giving me drag with the stones. The mug is money, mugging. For me, this is a complete hit, and this is exactly what I wanted in this category. Agree. And she even has one white boot, one black boot. It's so well done. Uh, this is a complete two bowl for me. Two bowl. Audience, 80% two bowl, 20% not two bowl. 
Naza really has the same concepts. It's cute. I like this as a new silhouette for her on this program. But listeners of this podcast know that I cannot stand exposed corsets. And this was just a travesty. It didn't elevate the look. She didn't repurpose it. She used it to give her body. And that for me is just not right for drag race. Figure out a way to do it in another manner. But when you have this beautiful black and white moment and you break it up with a solid black, it destroys the story you're telling. Oh, this was so disappointing. Also underwhelmed by the uh, the horns compared to the others. Right. I mean, again, like coming after Shannon, who stoned the shit out of her look, this like has barely a stone anywhere. Yeah. Oh, so sad. Brenna Braga says, have a look. She prefers this one. She says she thinks she's bold, but doesn't know if she's winning Drag Race, but she'll get her own show. Now, when you hear a judge tell you that, on a day you know that you're not the best, do you feel like you're just going to go home that episode? You know you're going to be the bottom. Like, that was such a shitty thing to say. Like, I, I get what she was trying to say, but Bruna, come on. Don't bury, don't tell her the tea about what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It was unintentionally very uh, true. I'm going to give this look a notable. Notable. Audience 60% to bull, 40% not to bull. All right, final category, Basha Bole. In honor of the runway, we're going to play Clowning Around or Insane Clown Posse. See what I did there? Nice. Nice. All right, Vecina Polaroid. To give us this artistic and outlandish mask was brilliant. I love that she actually kept it on the entire time. The colors are dark and mysterious with those hints of neon glow in the dark, and I think that was really cool. It's really giving me Club Kid. And of course, she has served three pant looks in this ball, and I don't know if that's what she wanted, but I guess you can make a case that this was her way to show a collection. Um, The worst part about this look is are the black shoes like they are terrible um for me overall with just a couple styling choices it's safe it's just, it's not bad it's safe i like the colors together and I th- maybe the pants has to do with it being a street festival like she's walking all day mm-hmm. maybe maybe bruna lynchmeyer says she looked very confident says the finishing was incredible with every little detail of glitter on the makeup she says it was perfect Bettina will say, the comments tonight are like the crown. And I'm like, bitch, don't say that because they'll send you home. Exactly. Greg says she inspires her and touched her. And she thanks her for representing Brazil and the people who don't give up even if they fail. She says tomorrow is a new day and she can be on top. And I was like, again, why are you saying this to the girl? She hasn't won yet. Like, come on. She's not failing. <laughs> I'm going to give this a soft clowning around. Clowning around. Audience, 80% clowning around, 20% insane clown posse. Organza. Okay, that clown mask is what nightmares are made of, and I'm assuming this is an homage to what she would wear with her brother. I liked the literal clown interpretation with the silhouette and the red and yellow hair. She has clashing patterns that would only work for a category like this. The only element that removes the fashion from it is the orange and red piece in the middle because it's just so flat. 
And I think that was a big mistake. I wish in some way, shape, or form it was elevated. Now, again, I don't know how true to the original of what she was paying homage to was, but I think she needed to drag up that middle section a bit more. I like how there's a um, dramatic silhouette, um, the contrast of these colors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did that mask scare you? It's legitimately the scariest one. Are you afraid of clowns? Not in specific, but this is a scary clown. I will give her a clowning around. A clowning around for sure. Audience, 81% clowning around, 19% insane clown posse. Next, we have Helena Majita. I think there were elements that worked, but as a whole cohesive look, I was disappointed. This is what happens when you set yourself up as a fashion queen, like one bad week and it could all be over. The neon green and pink ball head piece was great. The pink and white jacket, great. The black exposed corset, fie upon thee. Uh, yeah, I think she just missed the point. And again, it was a little bit too pretty for the category. Yeah, I will say I love a nice mesh effect. And I think that's what she did here. So that was really positive. But now I, I listen, I know you've worn exposed corsets before. It helps in drag. Why do they do it on drag race, though? Well, I think they run out of looks at some point. But I think this one is at least part of this garment, I think. But there's no other black anywhere to be seen in it. Yeah, it looks out of place. Dudu says he loves the wig, but not so much the look. He says the dress and cape are not up to par with the iconic metallic hair flip she served them. Bruna Braga says this is her favorite look of the three and says she's sad to think of where they can shove those balls. Uh, she was really going down a bad path with that when Greg was like, I'm too prudish for this. We've been here in this, this territory in... before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this well, an insane clown passing. Not my favorite. I like it enough to say clowning around. Well, the audience agrees with you. 67% clowning around. 33% insane clown posse. We now have Miranda LeBrow. Listen. It's wacky, but the star of this piece is the makeup. She removed that flat clown mask, and the 3D version was alive and well on her face. With fuchsia being the predominant color, it's very playful. I think this was a fun interpretation of the category, and I would totally clown around with her. Like, come entertain my friends for my birthday. They they would love you. Yeah, what a wild pattern, or mix of patterns. Mm-hmm. You love a pattern. Would you use any of those? Yeah, and I think she did it in a really uh, skillful way. Now, I've said it before. Um, there, there's been a bit of a contrast since earlier in the season. Do you see Davina DeCampo in her face? Oh, fully, yeah. Yeah, they're twins. They're definitely twins. Bruno Lindsmeyer says, when we look pretty, it's very easy to rely on that beauty of the look and the appearance. And she says, she doesn't do that. And that's very special. To which Miranda's like, so you're saying I'm ugly? No, no. She says, no, she's beautiful, but doesn't rely on that beauty. She says, as an actress, she's happy seeing her building an internal and real interpretation of what she's bringing her look. And Greg says she is beautiful and more and more versatile and says she has been presenting many different Mirandas. I will give this a clowning around. Clowning around. Audience, 93% clowning around, 7% insane clown posse. Next up, Shannon Scarlet. The amount of work that went into this garment is actually insane. 
It's stunning, and I love how it tells a story. I think it's a silhouette you'd expect from Shannon, but from anyone else, it's just fine. This was a job well done. Like, I really, really love this. I mean, I, I really want to know who this artist is that made this work come to life. It was so beautiful. Yes, every element is so cool. Dudu says he loves this Shannon and ain't, she ain't no fool. He says she brings relevance and poetry to her look. Bruno Braga says the third look is amazing and flawless and gorgeous and unique and original and says she understood the assignment and Slade. Greg says she is history and says she puts Brazil in Drag Race. Brazil. I will give this a clowning around. Clowning around for sure. Audience 88% clowning around and 12% in Count Plassi. And finally, Naza. All right, Naza girl. Uh, the jacket is a sleigh. The color story works. I just wish the elements under the jacket were not so plain. Like, I don't know how many Muppets had to die for that top, but they did. The orange pants were so boring compared to everything else. This was not a week to not bring your A game. Agreed. It's not a complete look, really. Oh, girl, I hate that I'm doing this. It's an insane clown posse. Yeah, insane clown posse. Audience, 62% clowning around, 38% insane clown posse. Now, the girls sit in the workroom as the judges are going to deliberate. And it's going to be very interesting. Untucked Junior. With six left, there is no, there is some room left on the couch, but there's no room for safe. Helena says that drag race is not for the faint of heart and that you must keep yourself grounded. Miranda will toast to the six and say that the ball was a ball. She'll mention Miss Bettina Polaroid, who the judges praise, and they all know she knows the badge is coming. She needs it. She really do. She says she started the competition lip-syncing for life, and she doesn't want to go backwards now, just up. Do you think it's hard watching your sisters do well and you exceedingly just sit there and just don't get the praise that they do and think there's no way for me to win this game? Yeah, just re and I think getting in their head, the judges just don't like them is tough. At what point as a contestant, do you have to resign yourself? I'm not playing for the win anymore. I'm playing for airtime and I'm playing for an invite back on the show. That's I think some people do that the entire time. Yeah. Um. So is that the right strategy to do in this day and age of drag race? No, and I don't think anyone can be honest about that's what they're doing, but I don't think some people see the crown for themselves. Yeah, that's totally fair because, again, I'm sure some of these queens walked into that workroom on day one and said, it's going to go most likely to someone like Corganza or Helena. Like they knew the writing on the wall. I mean, yeah, imagine a season with Sasha Colby. You just have to right. give your best like, version of yourself. As as Marsha says on day one, she was in my room in the room with favorite drag queen. It's it's a it's a meet and greet. It's playing for fan favorite, part two. You have you have to remember though that the riggery is real and things can go wrong. And it's true. All right, now for the bottoms. Miranda thinks it's going to be hard this week to determine who it will be. <laughs> Helena thinks that she will be in the bottom and thinks maybe Shannon could be there too, which is very interesting to hear. Meanwhile, Naza is hiding behind a croquette because she is scared. Shannon notes that they were harder on Naza, who reveals that she had to do everything in a rush. She already imagined she'd get this feedback. She tried to sell it. It just didn't work, but says at least she is selling charisma and beauty. Shannon will call out Dudu for not liking her first look and says he is, no shade, a bitch. 
we've heard many a queen complain about the critiques that the judges will give them. Is it fair or do you have to, as a contestant, just be like, yeah, this is what I signed up for and I have to agree and accept what they say? I think you should see it as a growth opportunity. Like, when are you ever going to get this panel? Right. I agree. And it looks best when they say, okay, I'll incorporate that in some way, you know? Well, she says she served gorgeous looks compared to other people. And I was like, okay, who are the other people? Name names. I'm on names. Spill the tea. It is time to find out the results. Will Bachina go collect her badge? Celebrate after the win, bitch. Just wait till it's on your body. Greg has reached a decision. They all have a badge now. The winner is Bettina Polaroid. Organza, Miranda, and Shannon are safe, leaving Nas and Helena as the bottom two. Do you agree? Yeah. I think it was pretty safe to say Nas was definitely going to be in the bottom. Um, I don't think Miranda would have actually been in the bottom because I do wonder if they would have potentially not been able to save her in a lip sync as we'll discuss this lip sync performance. The song is the Donas Dios Trabajos. I don't think they were really ready to get rid of Helena either. And I thought in my heart, this was going to be a double save, but for whatever reason, not wanting to bring Naza through to another round was what they had decided, which really broke my heart. I think Helena was serviceable and not the winner of this lip sync. She is not as entertaining as Naza, who really has this natural ability to captivate and take a stage over and bring levels. Maybe I'm a little biased because I fall in love with Naza and the character and, and the person, but I really think that Naza was the better performer here. Yeah, kind of low energy. And and the other thing is like Naza just emotes and has so much life in her face. I'm not saying Helena paints like a bitch, but her face is painted in a way that you don't get to see her enjoy the song. And it looks like she's not giving anything behind the eyes. I see what you mean. Is that something you can teach a drag artist to work on? Or is that just innate to who you are as a drag artist? I mean, I think someone can learn to connect better with music, with the song or the lyric. But some people yeah, can never learn it, but who knows? Now you have a theatrical background, um, so you you know how to work with an actor to get that kind of experience out of their body and into a performance. Do you think maybe a good drag artist should take like an acting class or two to understand how to embody a performance? I think lip syncing is so specific uh, that I, I'm not really sure if acting classes would help like interpreting text being mm-hmm. believable like in an, an acting challenge or something yes but interpreting a song is its own thing and there's That's classes fair. about that absolutely in a heartbreaking elimination Aza is eliminated do you agree yeah I think it might have been her time is it possible if she had a better package that it could have been a double save the lip sync was underwhelming. I hate when they do a double save on a low energy mad lip sync. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Yeah. What is Nas's legacy? Being so damn cute. 
Right. She's so damn cute. And she really became a fan favorite very quickly because what she brought was really fresh and young and, and good drag. And even though she was a punching bag, like you rooted for her, you wanted her to succeed and prove the girls wrong. I was rooting for her and she managed to stay positive. Absolutely. Which I, I admire that a lot. Yeah. Um, now, she did say last week that uh, she is one of those people who doesn't do emotions and is like, oh, that's a red flag. But maybe she'll learn and grow as she becomes an older twink that emotions are OK. <laughs> she, she probably is going to uh, gain that depth with time. Yeah. Who won the week? Who had the best episode? It has to be Bettina Polaroid. I can see that. I can see that. Maybe because the story she told, I'm going to give it to Organza because if, we did see a little more vulnerability out of her and she did give uh -huh. us pretty good looks. Um, I'm just waiting for Bettina to give us a backstory. It's really interesting because we're not getting like a lot of backstories from certain queens. I feel like between like Organza and Helena, we, those are the two we know the most. So I wonder if that's where it's going to land. Yeah, the other ones just live in the moment, it seems. Yeah, I mean, we have learned a little bit of Miranda last week, but that really revolved around, like, her win. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the next couple episodes go. Agreed. All right, next time, we get Roasty Toasty. Who do you think is going to do well? Roasty Toasty? They're going to get Roasty Toasty for a roast. So Miranda, of course. I think Miranda's going to do well. I think Pacina's going to do well. I think Shannon's going to do well. I think um, Organza's going to do well. I don't know about Helena. That one terrifies me because I don't think she's very funny. And I think she might fall into the Alexis Michelle trap and just be fucking mean. A roast is really hard. It's really specific. It's so hard. After eight episodes, the winner of the season is... Oh, that's so tough, but probably Organza. I think so, too. I mean, again, we had a little vulnerability moment. We love the judges love vulnerability. Um, and I think she just really is a great drag artist and a wonderful representation of what Drag Race Brazil is. Um, but I don't know. I, I think she needs at least a victory or two to really solidify it. Because you have some of these other queens who are really on their tails, the only one I don't see winning based on the edit it's probably Shannon. You know, I even thought about saying her um, because she's been really strong and fun to watch so far. Yeah, you, you know how sometimes with the new age of Drag Race, you can just tell who they like and who might come back for another season somewhere down the line. I feel like that's her. Maybe so. We'll find out. We'll see. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, any projects you want to plug? Yeah, you can just follow me at Emily Fisher. Amazing. on instagram and everything like that um it's a good place to start and you have fun things to look at <laughs> um all right projects yeah, uh yeah. so go to the timeout market in dumbo in brooklyn to try a sandwich that i make the bread for that's yummy yeah just today they started uh bringing my bread over there Oh, I want to try it. What kind of bread? What can tell tease us? Tease us. So this specific bread, they just asked me to increase production. It's an everything roll, and it's soft and has that everything seasoning. And they make egg and cheese sandwiches on it. Yummy! Oh, I love egg and cheese. Yeah. No, no meat. No meat. You can add ham. That's the best. Or you can add bacon or sausage or avocado or tomato or whatever. Or if I bring it to Jersey, I can add Taylor ham. 
yeah, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was a blast. Thanks for having me.